Hey everybody, welcome back to the Pixels Podcast, the podcast about all the nerdy things we love and enjoy. As always, we're your hosts, I'm Will, that's Blake, and today we're talking a little Worlds Beyond number, The Wizard, The Witch, and The Wild One, it's finally back. It feels like it's been like half a year, but I guess it's only been like a couple a couple months, a month? Yeah, like, like six weeks, I think. I keep thinking, I don't know what it's actually from, but there's like this thing in my, you know, when you have like something that's like on the tip of your brain, it's like a, I'm doing an awful job explaining this now, but I kept thinking of like, oh yeah, we're so back. <laughs> like that's from something, yeah. but yeah. I, I don't care what it's from though. I think like, I know what you're talking about and I think I know like even what specifically you're talking about, but there's like so many like, yeah, the boys are back or, you know, like we're yeah. back so like it really could be like a hundred things but also I feel like the dinosaur I, movie we're back the cartoon the yeah. animated the hit animated film from my childhood with called we're back called we're back yeah we're back that's a weird title i feel like <laughs> no it's about it's because it's dinosaurs in modern day new york okay so we're back so, like, but is it like the dinosaurs colon we're back or is it just we're back <laughs> the dinosaurs are in the promotional poster okay. so okay. you know it's implied it's an implied the dinosaurs <laughs> okay. it'd be too clunky a title right? Is it animated yeah it's a classic you ever seen this movie i don't think so i know this I've isn't what you're it. talking about but you remember that like show that was about like the dinosaurs that was like the weird kind of like not animatronic but it was like puppets almost. And there was like the little baby dinosaur and the dad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was a weird show. <laughs> no, but we're back. I've seen we're back like maybe 30 times. I'm going to have to Google this afterwards. Cause Good. like maybe I just don't like remember the name, but maybe I'll know what you're talking about. Yeah. Scary carnival. Look it up guys. What is that? <laughs> People, if they know, they know. Is it part so, of we're back? Yeah. I was okay. kind of going for like a moment for those who had seen it. But, okay. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know if you were like, we were moving, talking just, about a new movie all of a sudden. That's yeah. like scary carnival. Instead okay. I just blurted out scary carnival. <laughs> okay. So, okay. We're yeah, back. This is, about, this is about on brand for us. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah it, it's, it's felt like a lot longer than it has actually mm -hmm. been, I guess. Um, and I mean, I guess we're like, I'm kind of launching into already talking about it. But so, so real quick before I do that, is there anything to announce or anything? Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah. Just, just our normal slate of content um, for you guys, critical role. Um, we are talking about Loki, which for our worlds beyond people, we haven't, since it's been on break, we haven't talked about, which the show's almost over now, but um, mm -hmm. for any of you guys watching that things are really reaching a fever pitch over there. So mm -hmm. it's been pretty interesting. Uh, and we, Blake and I will be talking about these are <laughs> getting real mind bending. True. There's not a lot of time to watch, <laughs> to catch up for the time keeps on slipping before the finale. <laughs> that one Dang. wasn't a play on. That was just, <laughs> um, so. <laughs> but yeah, so we got that, we got critical role and, um, generalized plug, Join our Discord, especially if you're a Worlds Beyond number fan, because we need more of y'all over there. Got a lot of critical mm -hmm. role people starting to get a bunch of Dimension 20 people. So we need our Worlds Beyond people to come show out because mm -hmm. I keep telling everybody they need to check out this show. 
mm-hmm. I think some of them are slowly are slowly starting to. But uh, come help mm-hmm. us, you know, preach the gospel over there. It's a great um, time too, because now you get when you started out, you got fifteen episodes to binge. Yeah, you know, so very true. And the episodes are very palatable. Yeah, they are. Which I think's a good word. Yeah, I don't know if I used it correctly, but well, that makes sense to me. So I go. approve at least. Thanks. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, so uh, there will be a link down in the description below for the old Discord. Um, but yeah, let's get into it. I'm I'm itching to to jump back in after the break. And um, before we jump into our proper discussion, we will do a, I was going to say quick, this one might not be so quick, but we're going to do a recap of the episode uh, just to get everybody back on the same page. And um, we will cut that recap out and host it separately in case uh, you just need to check that out if ever you need a refresh. Um, So if you find yourself on just the recap, there will be a link down to our full discussion in the description box as well. Um. But okay, without further ado, episode 15 of The Wizard, the Witch, and the Wild One, I don't know the title. Do you happen Uh, to know? Yeah, actually, it's um, like Hang On to Your Hats or something. Oh, yeah. Um, Let's see. Hang On Tight or Hold On Tight, maybe? Yeah, Hold On Tight, I think. Um, Something like that. I'll say it by the end. Yeah. I'll say it by the end. But so we pick up and... um, just to give you guys a brief reminder of where we left off, Ame was essentially in a coma and the crew was headed to the Citadel. <clears throat> so with episode 15, we pick up with Brennan saying, it's autumn, it's quiet. And Ame, you're sitting by a tiny dock um, by the small like pool of water, not pool of water, but a small body of water. And we quickly realize that it's a flashback and we hear grandmother Rin call Ame for help. <clears throat> so, She runs back and as she's kind of like in this, this flashback, this memory, she hears another voice. That's not grandmother Wren, um, a voice she doesn't recognize that says like, very good. Like we're seeing promises, promising signs. And it's now that Ame realizes that she is indeed like in a memory. She's kind of like witnessing an old memory of hers. And as she realizes that it all kind of goes black and she slips back into like darkness. Um, she then is described like searching through this darkness for specific memories um, for a summer after her friends left. It then picks back up with a young Ame about nine years old, uh, bursting into the kitchen and the summer festival is coming. Um, but something's wrong. <clears throat> Grandmother Wren tells her to take a lantern and go stand out by the road. So she does that. Um, and her lantern starts to go out after a while And then suddenly there is a figure like looming behind her, standing over her in the road. Um, A woman that is exceptionally tall, as Brennan describes, wearing a dark black gown with a headdress or crown, maybe of dark spines, shadowy black and a white porcelain mask. And this woman says, do you offer me something? And Ame tries to deflect. And the woman again says, I asked you a question. Ame then hears Grandmother Ren's voice in her head, and Ren says, you offer her a compliment, to which Ame then does. The woman says she's called Mirara, and she says, you've come to light my way from the road to the door of Ren's abode. So she does just that, and once they all get inside, Ren says, Ame, very good. Now, you know, go make us some tea. I need to talk with my sister. Ame freaks out. She's like, you have a sister? But we quickly learn that it's sisters of a coven. 
Um, Marara says that it's not a kindness that she came to meet. It was an obligation. Um, Ame makes tea. Marara grabs it. And Brenner describes like this, this hand coming out of the chest of this woman and then grabbing the tea and like disappearing back into the darkness. Um, she says, time does not appear to be on our side, Ren. A decision must be made. Um, Ren says, I think you know where I stand. And Marara says, if these tidings cannot sway you, what possibly could? And Ren says, maybe nothing could sway me. So Marara looks at Ame and says, um, you know, Ren, your apprentice here offered me her hand. Ren says it was a gesture of friendship. And Marara says, or it was a hand. Um, she says, if I'm forced by circumstance to act, to see my obligations fulfilled, then I will do it. These are desperate times. And if I'm offered something as special as the hand of a great witch's apprentice, how could I not? And Rin kind of like cuts her off and says, uh, Marara, I've never known you to refrain from a fight you thought you could win. Um, <clears throat> Ame kind of laughs at this little jab and Ren's like, Hey, get out of the kitchen. Go away. Yeah. Um, <laughs> don't you dare. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Ren's like, I, on the other hand, refrain from fights. I can win all the time. And actually, um, there's a little moment when Ame is like leaving the kitchen. She can't help, but like look back at Marara and Brennan has her roll a wisdom save, but she rolls an 18. So she is presumably successful. <laughs> um, but as Marara or as um, Ame is leaving. Marara says there's much the coven can do without full agreement. Um, meaning like even if Ren doesn't agree, like they can still take action. And Ren's like, you can do as you must, but it will not be with full unanimity. I think hopefully I'm saying that right. Um, <clears throat> Ren and Ame then um, they sit down and have a conversation uh, after Marara leaves. And um, Ren's like, Ame, one day you will have a coven of your own as well. Marara is one of mine. Um, one of four and for fate or for fortune, the coven you will inherit, uh, from me one day will be the coven of elders. You will be the witch of the world's heart. She then grabs something. I think it's like a, a book or a tome or some sort of like small case, uh, with a poem written on it that says of open hand and trusting face, a home of homes does all embrace. She goes on to say, there have been many witches and of these witches, um, there have each been of many people. I am not the first, excuse me. There have been many witches and each like station of which many people have filled. Um, I am not the first witch of the world's heart, but for the past 172 years, it's been me. Um, the area of witches care are in some ways her domain. A witch does not have authority. She has responsibility. You're responsible for what you represent of the elder coven. There are five. And she's sad when she says this because Ren says when she was young and first became the wish of the world's heart, there were seven in her coven and there have been as many as 13. Marara is one of them, the witch of the waning moon. There is also Grimoire, the witch of the wild hunt, Hakea, the witch of the woodland green and Indri, the witch of the wind and stars. Ame asks about the witches that were lost. Did they not have apprentices to take over for them? They did not. Um, one of them never took an apprentice and the others, uh, apprentice betrayed them. Uh, Aruna, the witch of the wild blue sea and Scalvi, the witch of the watching fire, both departed their seats unsucceeded. <clears throat> um, Marara does not have an apprentice. Um, and Rin just keeps telling her all this stuff and basically is saying like, there's so much in the world you have to understand. Um, there's value in the truths we are all able to speak to. And although I don't like Marara's truths and she doesn't like mine, they're there. 
and they're both true. Um, and Ami's like, how can there be more than one truth? And she says, the world contains multitudes. As a good witch, hopefully there are enough good things that are true so that your magic might flourish. And Ame's like, well, how do I know if I'm doing the right thing? And Ren's like, good question. Let's spend the rest of our lives trying to figure that out. Um, <clears throat> they continue with Ren basically saying, you know, you're coming in at the end of my story and whatever wisdom you think I have, I can assure you it's filled with mistakes that taught me that wisdom. And over the coming days and months, um, as Ame trains to become the witch of the world's heart, um, Rin conti- continues to like fill her in on things and teach her about the world and teach her spells and lessons. Um, and she says the world's heart is not a physical thing, but instead it is the tapestry in which all the parts of the world move together. Um, and that her domain and a domain in general is a fluid thing, hard to define, but it's compassion, understanding, thoughtfulness, growth to have two things join and become more than the sum of their parts. Um, this is kind of the concept of the world's heart. Um, <clears throat> there's then this awesome segment during this training where Ame takes her first broom ride, um, with grandmother Ren and many of their adventures around this time in her life is about, um, Ren's friends growing old, dying, transitioning of power. And she tells Ame, like, this is going to be a very dangerous time for the world when I pass on and you take over because you're not going to have the same experience, um, that I have in order to, you know, protect the world's heart. So you need to be very careful. Um, we then learn a bit more about the witches in the coven. So we have the witch of the wild hunt, who is a monstrous witch. And each witch has a little poem. Um, and hers is where beasts have tread and monsters fed. The bloody fang and maw has led. The witch of the wind and stars lives in the far northernmost part of the world. Of frost and stone, of ice and throne, the ruler of the self alone. The witch of the woodland green, the holly branch and towering oak, the limb and leaf and thorn her folk. The witch of the waning moon, uh, which this is Marara, the death of light, the end of night, the all consuming, or excuse me, the death of light, the end of might, the all consuming dread of night. The witch of the world's heart, of open hand and trusting face, a home of homes does all embrace. And Ame realizes that of all of these stations of the coven, only one concerns itself with people, hers, Rin's. All the purview of all of humanity, all of people is decided by a single seat on the coven. So there is much in the world that is spoken for outside of people. Um, We continue going through over the years of memories. um, And Ame thinks back on her most sorrowful memory And that's when she goes into town when she's maybe 14 and basically some other kids bully her as she's trying to figure out maybe who her parents are. And they're like, you just showed up one day. Like I heard you were born out of an egg. Um, And she gets into a small fight. Rin scolds her back at home. They get into it, have a pretty good argument. And um, Ame is like, you know, I could have like made them act how I wanted to with my magic. And Rin is like, it terrifies me that you say that like, what you're referring to has the power to rot you from within and turn you into something you wouldn't recognize. Like do not glibly invoke casting magic to hurt people. Um, Ami's really upset. She just wants to be normal. And Ren is just considering the extremely dangerous statement her apprentice just made, uh, just made, but walks over and hugs her. And she says, you miss them. Don't you referring to Ursulan and Suvi. 
She's like, yeah, to them, I was Ame. To everyone else, I'm just a witch. Um, <clears throat> I can't be like them. I don't belong with the spirits. Like, I don't have anybody, just you. Um, she apologizes for, you know, acting out. Um, it's at this point that Ren pulls out this toy that uh, Suvi's parents gave her for Suvi that she still has. And um, it's like a little bouncy ball. And she tells her this lesson of how, you know, it can never go higher than the point from which it was dropped. So... Similarly, like feelings of, of great pain and loss come from great joy. It's a, it's a reflection of the friendship that you lost that summer that you feel so sad and lonely now. Um, she's like, she says, I can't promise that it won't always be lonely. Um, I don't have all the answers, um, but the world will always be ready to see you as a witch, sometimes in wonder, sometimes in fear. Um, but she says, you know, I do see you and Suvi possibly meeting again. I talk to um, Steele about her all the time to make sure she's safe. And she's like, I guess you're old enough now for me to tell you more about what was going on. And she tells her about how Suvi's parents and Steele were all involved in this investigation because there was this like corrupt sect within the Citadel that was secretly um, working to bring it down. Um, and she's telling Ame this because, you know, you're going to soon take my place. And this information is very dangerous and could get you killed. Um, so this group was called the Akedator, um, which is this small group of individuals within the leadership of the Citadel that included uh, Subi's parents and Steele and several figures outside of the Citadel. Um, and they were alerted to this rogue faction within the Citadel. And one of these people that was working with Subi's parents was uh, Yorin, like we've heard. Um, <clears throat> and they called this rogue sect the League of Whispers. Um, so the Akedator was operating outside the normal bands of authority because they didn't know who they could trust. Um, and there was this like um, prolonged series of like secret missions and violence across Umora. And ultimately it was believed that the league of whispers had kind of had to disperse underground um, in the, in like the current time. Um, so they don't really, they haven't heard much about it, but um, Ren often asks steel if there's, um, any update and steel often asks Rin if she's heard anything about Yorin. So it kind of feels like Yorin perhaps was the one that, uh, betrayed Subi's parents. Um, memories continue to flood back. Um, Rin tells Ame about all of her friends across the world. Um, mechanically speaking, just as the group is traveling along, Ame might be able to say like, Hey, do I happen to know anybody here? Brennan just says like he gives her all that information uh, specifically though. He tells her about a couple um, alliances at the Citadel, um, a couple of wizards and a spirit that she could call on and a powerful immortal warlock in the port of Kudroy on the inner sea of Ruve. Um, There's a man named Thrown. He sold his soul to the moon for immortality. And in exchange, he made a promise to always look after his descendants if asked since he's so old, he now has like thousands of descendants and Ame is one of them. Uh, the last memory that comes back to her is the day before Rin became bedridden. She tells her there's a spirit moving upon the world in a way she's never seen before. He has held his breath since the beginning of time. The pilgrim under the stars, the man in black, the king in night, the stranger. He's been moving upon the world in a way that she, she cannot see since she was a young girl. She's never found a scrap of what his name might be. Um, which means she doesn't think he's ever been bound. 
Um, she says that earlier this month, she was in a place called the Coven of Elders, or she was in a sacred place of the Coven of Elders called the Grove of the Well, and the stranger appeared and attacked her there, and she fears he's coming to the cottage. Um, if he comes, she says, do not grant him entry. It is important that you do not lose this home. There is power and station here. There will come a very brief moment when I am gone that there will be no witch of the world's heart, and he will strike. She will tell her, um, uh, Rin will tell Ame everything else she needs to know to prepare. And it's at this point that Ame wakes up, and she realizes she's in the citadel, and the fox is with her. He immediately licks her all over, and then essentially immediately passes out. She then soon encounters a Dr. Nadine Tamri, who walks in the room, and is like, you're awake. And she says, that fox has been awake the entire time you've been into a coma for the past month. And that's where the episode breaks. And yeah. <laughs> apologies for how long-winded that was, but there was so yeah. much. <laughs> you hit every detail. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, yeah. Sorry, sorry, I had to step away for a second because my son's, I guess the door got shut on his foot or something. So mm-hmm. it was like, maybe I should check, right. take a look at this. But no, yeah, um, very, a very meaty um lots of really cool information in that first like two thirds um wrapping up some details uh before the episode ends um will mention the fox already um the fox finally is like now that now that his watch has ended um <laughs> finally passes out um on the bed uh there is a caretaker um which i think you just mentioned and uh the scene actually transitions over to suvi uh and a bundle of blankets in her bed on this uh, cozy morning and in her bed is silver the wizard that we um that she had an eye on uh back in the very first episode of um the series and um i don't know if you mentioned this or not but it's been about a month um and what's important for suvi around this time is that it is coming up to her ceremony of uh, receiving her name cloak. And we come to find out that this is a process in which uh, there's a lot of powers, a lot of power in someone's name. And it is where a wizard dons a, a new name for themselves. Uh, we find out that her parents, uh, Soft and Stone, that that was their name cloak names, not their real names. And um, Silver essentially asks, uh, you know, Suvi what name she has chosen. And Suvi says that she has chosen the name Sky uh, to be her her new name, so to speak. Um, it's also around this time that um, uh, Silver is leaving through a dimension door to go back to his abode uh, when she gets the heads up that um, uh, her friend Ame has uh, awoken. Uh, so she, we get this, I love how uh, Abria describes it as like a rom-com scene of like running through like the city marketplace. Um, and it's very much that she, she rushes out uh, to get to where Ame is resting, uh, essentially runs into Ursulon who uh, Brennan lets us know that the town uh, now calls him or they they've continued to use the name bear uh to refer to him and they also pass through i can't remember the name for it but it's basically like the nicest part of the marketplace or the nicest part of the town um they eventually make their way to um ame's room 
there are uh, hugs and re-embracing of one another, uh, but it is short-lived because um, uh, Steel shows up. And there's this immediate sort of like tension of what to tell Steel or what to say to Steel. Um, regardless, Steel um, basically comes in the room and Ame essentially tells her, hey, all of my memories are back. Uh, to which Steel says, well, that's good to know. Um, maybe you should only share me, share that with me in like a very private setting that we have control over. Basically saying like, hey, be extremely careful uh, what you share and to who you share it to. Um, and that is essentially where the episode ends. Uh, episode 15, Hang On Tight of Worlds Beyond number um i always want to say the lion the witch in the yeah. wardrobe yeah me too <laughs> but uh the wizard the witch in the wild one so anyway yep uh episode art part one of chapter two um and again if you're just on the recap and want to see our full discussion it'll be linked down below but yeah man <clears throat> what what an episode and good to be back I oh know. yeah i'd we're missed it back. <laughs> we're so back <laughs> Um, yeah, I missed it too. It was a great episode. Um, I mean, we joked about it a second ago, but oh my gosh, the lore, like mm -hmm. Brennan, I feel like just like, like there was no, it was like a fire hydrant, you know, yeah. just like, just like, oh, and there's also, here's the different, uh, you know, the witches and of the coven. And I was like, who is that again? What? Yeah. What do they, what do they manage? Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, you guys heard me rambling about it. My notes are like five pages long on just that first half. Um, I think you you got all the great <clears throat> details though. Like, um, you know, it's good. It's good getting like more of that world building stuff because there's been so many questions we've had. Like, for yeah. example, we've talked about on the show um, what's going on with names and is mm. what we actually had said was is Suvi her real name. Uh, we right. found out in this episode that her parents, that it wasn't their real name. Um, we also found out that Suvi doesn't know what their real names were because they died. Um, and also an interesting detail from Brennan about how not everyone takes S names. Yeah. Yet that is only what we have seen. <laughs> right. <clears throat> so, you know, which I don't know if we want to start there or not. Yeah. But, we might as well, since we're there. Um, yeah. I will. I, and we've probably talked about this in, in previous episodes, but just as a refresher, um, I think it, and I, I'm paraphrasing here cause it's been a while, but I think that like Brennan obviously had some ideas for the lore of the Citadel and perhaps naming conventions, etc. Um, but if, if you'll recall in that first episode, or maybe it was the first, the first prelude, AKA the first of the children's adventure where Suvi, um, is in that flashback scene with her parents leaving the Citadel. Brennan asks her like, give me like, how do you remember your dad? And she says soft. And for her mom mm -hmm. says stone. So it was almost, it was kind of like a serendipitous coincidence that Abria happened to pick two S names. Like that wasn't planned. But I think since then that kind of got woven into the tapestry of the lore. Um, mm -hmm. <clears throat> so I'm really interested to see like, it fully get fleshed out and we learn more about it because like you just brought up, apparently not every mage is an S when, and we've seen some that aren't like Moro, for example, but I guess we don't know if that's because like 
are higher stationed mages always S or which everyone we've met so far is, but I don't know if it's fair to like, you know, what was the, what was the chatter with silver about when she said the name sky and there was like this, like not tension, but kind of like he was like, okay. Yeah. Cause I mean, we were all going to wonder, like, was he saying like, if you hadn't chosen an S name, we were going to wonder, or was it, if you hadn't said it was going to be sky, that was going to be the issue or I, to me, it was, to me, it was an emphasis on sky because she said you're like the third sky. So like, to me, that was like a very few, I guess we don't like know how old the Citadel is, but you would think like probably most names have been chosen a lot. So for Sky mm-hmm. to only have three ever, it must be like a really important like mm-hmm. title. So that's kind of what I got from it. But what's also interesting is that I don't remember the, the episode number, but in Port Talon, when the crew was running around, um, Sui didn't want to use a real name. She said, right. call me Sky. So like, right. Um, so it's yes. like a name that she has some history with and clearly like didn't just make up on the spot yeah. right then. I forgot about that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But, well, it's you kind know, of, it's or go ahead. I'm just going to say a little, a uh, little pixelist prediction proven correct. We don't get them all correct. In fact, we usually <laughs> don't get any, but um, we talked about this naming thing and, you know, spot yeah. on good stuff. <laughs> Definitely something there. Um, but yeah, I mean, everything else is pure speculation, but I'm very curious about the S's in particular and sky. Cause I mean, it obviously wasn't her mom or dad, which that would have been like an easy line to draw. Like his like, cause again, like you were mentioning with silver making whatever comment he made, it's like, he almost predicted she would be sky. So yeah. what's the connection? Because that's not the um, silence is the maid she's an apprentice for. And I mean, he's obviously right. not dead, but like, if right. she had said silence, then that would also make sense. But right, yeah, I don't know. So like, I, I'm assuming it's just lore we haven't uncovered yet. But you know, some sort of really prestigious history to wizards with sky. Yeah, but I don't know. Okay, um, a cool concept. This whole name cloak ceremony. Yeah. Oh, um, um that reminds me before we step away from that and this i mean this goes without saying i guess but since we haven't said it um the whole reason for this is because of the power in names like they don't want people to know their real names um which i thought the cool dichotomy of this um being on the wizard side of magic is that that's also true on the witch side on the spirit side like spirits all go by their titles and nicknames they don't want people to know their real names and um I guess we don't it seems like witches go by their real names at least rin and ame but um rin herself spoke to the power in the in the titles that they all have because ame was like those are all w's like why does everyone's title start with a w like the wandering um the wandering green and the world's Wood, heart woodland green yeah yeah, yeah. thank you um, the wild Knot. Yeah. and she uh and rin spoke to the power in names so i just like that um, and not that I expected anything less, but I just like the like through line through the entire world's ethos that this is a thing. Yeah, and we have the plot detail of Subi's parents' real name, but also Ame asking, like, hey, do we know, you know, Silver? Not Silver. Uh, uh, Steel's. Steel's real name. Um, so I wonder if that'll 
come up at some point too. Yeah, I, I actually really liked that too, where Steel was like, you know, it's typical that the younger generation never knows the older generation's name. And to me, that was almost like a way to um, consolidate power. Like the older generation will always be a leg up on the younger because the older for the most part is gonna know the names because they'll mm-hmm. know them when they were kids. Like, but like, cause I'm sure most people don't even ever get like a name ceremony, you know, like only mm-hmm. the best of the best. So like almost like a, a means of control, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Um, where from here? There's, there's so many like details to dive so into. Much, so much lore. And... I, I will, I Go will ahead. say, um, the fact that Steel, the fact that Ame's been here a month, at least in the short term, makes me less suspicious of Steel, in the sense of, you know, if if Ame had a big secret about Steel, which she didn't directly, at least because we got all of her memories back. Yeah. Um, I mean, I would have, I would have, you know, at some yeah. point in that month, like. Oh, she fainted. I guess she's out, you know, but, um, so in the short term, I feel okay about steel, but I'm still suspicious about steel. Yeah. I'm, I'm still like, I've got my, just my suspicion purely comes from like a storytelling standpoint, which I don't know if that's the same with you. Cause like, it's not like there's really hard evidence. It's just that like, it would really make sense if like that was the flip, like that was the shoe to drop. Um, yeah. I'm basically encapsulating the players from my campaign where anytime I introduce any character ever, they're like, but can we trust them? <laughs> like, they're a double agent. It's an eight year old boy. He's, <laughs> he's an orphan. He could be a shapeshifter. Okay. <laughs> it could be. Um, so, but yeah, I, I'm with you there. I mean, honestly, steel has been nothing but like the best, honestly, which is kind of suspicious in and of itself. But, um, you know, her coming in and even making sure like, hey, like, don't talk here. Like, make sure if we're going to talk, it's, you know, in Suvi's place. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I'm with you, but I definitely still have the suspicion. And maybe and this is kind of like an aside with no real things to grab onto to talk about right now, but I'll just get it out of the way really quick. I could see now that we have a, a more concrete idea of what was going on with Suvi's parents, something we've been talking about this whole time and it's that there was like this secret sect within the citadel that was plotting to take it down um and it was also the connection that they wanted to see the attack by ruve successful or was it just a matter of coincidence that like hey we want to see the kingdom destroyed but oh and also ruve's attacking that's great i feel like they have to be connected i mean maybe not like maybe not like super like they're all mm-hmm. Ruvian spies necessarily, like the members of this League of Whispers, but like they have to be connected somewhat. Um, yeah. Maybe just like enemy of my enemy type of thing. Um, yeah, that's what I was wondering. <clears throat> so, yeah, I mean, I think so to, to some extent. Um, but yeah, I was just wondering, like, could Steel be a member of this League of Whispers and right. was kind of working, not working both sides? Because, I mean, if she was in the League, then she's probably in the League, but you know, kind of the mole in the, in the good guy group that ultimately led to them all getting well and taken care I, of. I've, I haven't seen Brennan's um, past content style for like his villains for lack of a better phrase. But um, I do think it's always interesting in like story content when bad guys aren't 
they are more gray. So, I mean, I could definitely see a situation like this where, you know, maybe Steele was a double agent and, you know, just trying to do something for the greater good. Yeah. And yet, and yet it maybe led to the deaths of Subi's parents. And maybe the greater good was done, but, you know, she's certainly not innocent, but she's also not like a, you know, twirling the mustache right. um, type of villain. <laughs> right. And so I keep having more thoughts here and like, it's kind of ridiculous because we have no evidence of this, yeah. but, but just to flesh it out, like if it was that type of case, um, it, a lot that we've seen is like the Citadel is not that cool. Like they're doing a lot of messed up stuff. Like not to mention, Moro, who's not re- like he's not really part of the Citadel, but I think his intentions are kind of mm-hmm. representative of what you know the the mages would do. Yeah, so like as much, right? Yeah, and so not that we don't know anything about this League of Whispers. They could just be like pure evil, awful, working for Ruve, just about toppling an enemy country. But it's at least possible that it could be like, hey, the Citadel is messed up. Like we're doing, like we're taking advantage of the spirits. Like this is not the balance of the world. Like we need to take down the Citadel, like, like you said, for the greater good. And so again, not that any of this is the case still might not even be a part of it, but if she was maybe that, like that was her goal. Like I got to return the Citadel to like, it's rightful, like just place in the world. And to do that, we got to root out the corruption and that might mean taking it down temporarily or whatever. So like there could be a cool dynamic there. And then it's like, her best friends happen to be on like the secret council to try to take her down. And she's like, Oh no, you know, like maybe she didn't want them to die, but it was like a greater good situation. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Or maybe it was, it was them or her, you know, it got, yeah. it came down to that. So, or maybe she had um, nothing to do with it and <laughs> <laughs> there's no, you know, undercover double agents plot. Brennan, um, you better not change it after hearing us talk about it this much. Yeah, we know you're an avid listener. Yeah, we know you listen to us. <laughs> I love you, Brennan. Um, um, and then there's this element of Yorin, too. Yeah. Where here's also just to add to the suspicion of it. Um, I feel like I feel like Yorin has to be in the know about something about Steel that Steel doesn't want people to know. Cause it's not like, hey, have you have you seen that murderer Yorin anywhere? Or have you seen that betrayer Yorin? It's more like, yeah, has Yorin been by? And it's very much vibes of like, you know, you backstab someone, but you don't want them to tell anyone. They're like, Yeah, has has Tony come by? Or <laughs> Yeah, you talked to him recently? Yeah, said, if he comes changed? by, the dome, yeah, <laughs> just curious. So, I don't know. It kind of feels like that a little bit to me. Like you know, she keeps asking me if I know where Yorin is. Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know. Again, I'm probably just like reading into it, but no, I'm yeah. with you. Again, not this is not an evidence based place that I'm coming from, but again, a storytelling, <laughs> like a narrative place that I'm coming yeah. from is that all evidence points to Yorin. Like it almost feels too easy, you know, like, well, and then was it, was it said that steel was part of this? She was part of this whole, like, uh, the good guy. Group? Yeah. Right. Yeah. The, I don't know if I'm saying it right, but the Akeda yeah. tour or something like that. Yeah. yeah. So like the other thing is we know that the curse, like the bile had, was reminiscent yeah, of it, like, smelled like Yorin smelled like Yorin. <laughs> and then, <laughs> 
<laughs> we talked about how is it possible steel like somehow made it smell like urine to divert attention to urine? Yeah. Or even just for people not to make fun of us that we just think steel is the root of all evil. But did, <laughs> did anyone make it yeah, smell like sure. urine, you know? Yeah. Well, the whole point I was getting at though is what was revealed that steel wouldn't already have known, you know, that's why I'm, that's why I'm like, what would the benefit of steel have of creating the curse? Because I guess if steel right. didn't want them to know about the existence of the, the good guy group, but right. I guess at least to that, that extent, there wasn't really anything incriminating towards steel that we are able right. to piece together yet. Um, so maybe, you know, maybe it was somebody else and <clears throat> On kind of this is where kind of on the subject, um, I thought it was really interesting that these memories were it was like years, it was like tons and tons of memories, essentially like Ame's entire training. It felt like, whereas prior to this episode, in my mind, it was more of like one or two conversations about like a hyper specific thing that they wanted them to forget. Um, but with it being all of this, it kind of like makes me kind of rethink some things like, um, maybe it's more about, um, like, well, not that it was not, it was probably always about this, but maybe it was more about like the world's heart and keeping it as weak as possible by weakening the witch of it as much as possible. Like make her forget her entire training. Like, I don't know. I, that was just a surprise to me to learn that it was so many yeah. memories. I could see it being something like that because definitely, definitely the memories took my attention off of steel and back on uh, the stranger, the king in the night, the pilgrim right. under the stars, um, who I thought was more of a red herring early on, but now seems much more malicious. Mm -hmm. Um and so it could be that I also thought maybe the mechanics of the spell was like, it's not like modify memory where you delete like a certain instance, but like, it's just like a, a massive swath of, you know, 70% of your memories are gone yeah. kind of thing. So, which I don't know, but <clears throat> yeah, it, it definitely feels like the, uh, the stranger, which I thought it was cool. Um, Cause when we, we first learned about the king, the pilgrim under the stars. And was it episode one? Maybe episode two, like the, the real. Two. The, it's episode two. Yes. Um, all the names were listed. The stranger wasn't one. But then I, I think it was in, maybe it was even in the main story or it was in the fireside chat. Fireside um, chat. Lou, Abria, and Erica kept saying, like referring to them as the stranger. And Brendan was like, that's really right. cool. And that's how like, that's how these spirits get names is like colloquially mm -hmm. like that. So it's cool that he added that in universe in canon to be one of the names as well. But um, <clears throat> Brennan added that from plane, right? Uh, planes, writer Ren, um, <laughs> from grandmother Ren <laughs> that, um, very much positioned the stranger as big, bad energy of like, there's one spirit that's moving yeah. that, um, like I've never so, been able to trace his movements. Yeah. And then verbatim used the, um, like he's held his breath since the dawn of time, which is what he said. Yeah. Introducing himself. Um, which. Go ahead. 
this I, this is obvious now to me in retrospect, but it like just clicked for me. So everybody else might be like, yeah, you idiot. Um, You're like, that's the guy from episode two. <laughs> Can you believe it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no, the breath. When I heard that in episode two, I thought it was just like, <gasps> like, you know, right. that he's so immensely powerful. He's held his yeah. breath, but breath, yeah, no, yeah. like the spirit breath, like what right. Ursulon just reconnected with. So like, what would it right. mean to hold that for the beginning of time? It means he's been uh, in touch with his feelings, said in touch with himself, <laughs> and it was getting weird. <laughs> he's a great, he's he's a great listener. Yeah. <laughs> he's very, yeah. He's very emotionally self-aware yeah. <laughs> since the start. Um, but yeah, so like, and he also, we know for a fact that he attacked and injured Grandmother Wren. Right. So like, that at least gives him... Well, one motive, because we know he wants the world's heart for some reason, but also two opportunity to have cursed her. Like that could have been when Grandmother Rin got cursed was his attack on her. So and maybe right. that's like, again, this is stupid because this is just like storytelling analysis. But that also also feels kind of like too easy, too clean um, of an answer as as to who cursed Rin. Um, but it would at least make sense. And it would make sense into what I was just saying a minute ago about with all the memories being swept from Ame to weaken the world's heart. We know he wants it. So like that would, there's motive there as well to have cursed her. Um, and remind me it was, he showed up and they like, he's coming back in a year. Is that what it was? And it's been, yeah. it's probably been like four or five months, right? I was going to say about a quarter. Yeah. Because we know there's a, know, there's a month so, uh, coma. Or go ahead. Yeah. I was going to say Steel added a time frame um, when she finally got to right. talk to Suvi. When I feel like it was like somewhere between 8 to 12 weeks or something. Yeah. I feel like they were like traveling around for three months. Yeah. And then there's at least the coma of another month. So I feel like we're at Four, give or take, you know, on either side a little bit. So, I mean, that's coming down the pipe. What's that going to, what are they even going to do? Coming down the pike. Is that, is that what it's, (laughs) is that the phrase? It's coming down the pike. Yeah. Like a, like a, a, I think pipe pipe. makes sense too. (laughs) I don't agree. I don't disagree. It just isn't it. (laughs) I'll let us know which one you say. We we know. Hey guys, we know which one it is. We don't, we don't need to let us know anything. I don't want to let Will down. Putting a poll, poll in the discord. Join up. Let your voice be heard. Here's the deal. Here's the deal for the poll though. It's what is it actually not which one do you prefer? Cause I, I ain't getting this whole pike first pipe. You know, rally your crew. You know, gets the better showing. What is a so, pike? You stab people with it. What do you mean? What's what a pike? Coming down the pike. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, coming down, <laughs> coming down the shaft of the pike to the end. You know, I know it's coming down the pike. Coming down the pipe makes way more sense in that context because, like, there could be something traveling down the pipe. My friend, my friend, I don't disagree. It definitely, I relate with pipe more. You know, in my, you know, post 2000s world. But, you know, anyway, we'll have to to look into this afterwards. That was what was important in that moment. True. (laughs) Very true. Um, So, yeah, he's coming down the pike, the pipe, you know, 
coming down the mountain. Um, <laughs> but it's coming around the mountain. Coming around the mountain. Uh, <laughs> we just keep going in circles. <laughs> well, he, oh so goodness. he's going to show up. That that feels like, I mean, like we said, it's only been about four months, and that included some time jumping. So, you know, right. the time until that year comes to pass could be a hundred episodes of this show for all we know. So it's not necessarily mm. happening right. anytime soon, but it could also happen real soon. Um, right. So that definitely is, feels like one yeah. road road sign on the map that we're working towards. And given the whole Port Talon thing, not that there's still not repercussions to be had from that, but that's kind of dealt with. The curse mm-hmm. has been dealt with. Wavebreaker removed it. What's next? Like, what's the next? Mm-hmm. Like, what's going to get them out of this citadel? Where are they? What are they doing next? Do you think? I think. I think it's going to be. And we've we've talked about this in the sense of like, what would be the next things to play out? I I think it's going to be what happened that night with Soft and uh, uh, Stone with Ooh. Subi's parents. True, Subi's definitely going to want it. Like when Ame tells her that, that's going to be right. What, what happened? Uh, where's Joran? Um, and this sort of like who can be trusted in the Citadel? You know, who's part of the League of Whispers? Um, it, not, which, not not to keep harping on this, but just since you reminded me right there, Rin did say that Steel was one of the people she trusted, didn't she? When she was listing off like the allies she had, she was she was like in the Citadel. Like I trust Steel. Right. Yeah. I, I think she said I, that was one of the people. That didn't mean anything to me. I'm too far gone <laughs> on my conclusion. <laughs> I'm never budging. Okay. The show, it's like five years later. The show is over. And I'm still <laughs> just like, I know it. <laughs> um, but but that is a I think a plot element of like, yeah, there are people in the Citadel that want to see the Citadel destroyed. I, I do think you kind of said this earlier, and I really like it in the sense of like, I think it'd be an interesting twist of like there's people in the citadel that want to see it destroyed. Like we have to watch out for them and avoid them, but that actually flipping on its head and being like, no, they are actually the good guys yeah, because of the atrocities of the citadel. Um, though, interestingly enough, Rin didn't seem, uh, grandmother Rin didn't seem to, as someone who cares for spirits, she wasn't like super vocal about, you know, yeah, the citadel sucks. Yeah. (laughs) So maybe, maybe we've, overemphasize that from because I know we've pulled a lot of that from how Brennan's described Moro's excitement on the um Derrig. Um mm. but yeah so yeah and maybe like to some extent it's like a balance right like you know maybe they they kind of have to exist in some form or fashion mm-hmm. perhaps um but yeah you know I do I thought it was interesting that Rin trusted her and we know that Subi's parents trusted Rin. I'm still, I'm wondering, like, I don't know. Rin was clearly respected by the Citadel. We know that she was mm. on, like, the list of powerful people that, that Moro, I guess, when he got a rundown of mm-hmm. entities to be aware of, that, like, she wasn't a threat. So, like, they're on good terms. Mm-hmm. Um, is that because she's the witch of the world's heart, specifically? Like, she's the human witch? Like, you know, she's a good one? Like, does the Citadel mess with Marara? Like, are they cool? You know, like, mm-hmm. I'm just curious to know more about, like, I don't know, because it also felt like kind of 
even though the Citadel like knows Ren and they're like cool sort of, it did feel like it was kind of on the down low that Suvi's parents like were meeting with her and that Steel meets with her. So like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't really even know what I'm saying, but I'm just curious to no, know more about you. like this relationship. Yeah, we're on the same page. Yeah, and I think there was even a detail like the Citadel's report on her was even like sort of like downplaying her a little bit or something. Like there was that. Yeah. Yeah, that you're thing right. Where Brennan was like, hey, one of you isn't correct and it's not clear which one of you it is. Right, right. That's right. So. Well, and I get yeah. it was Suvi that knew that, right? Like Suvi knew. Right. How- yeah, it was like an insight check or yeah. something. I, I don't remember exactly, but. Yeah, that's um, right. Interesting. And on the same level of like how strong Rin was, it seemed like Marara, like she was way stronger than her with the, the kind of like threats she was throwing out. We don't know that she was necessarily like way stronger than Arima, but she bested Arima. You know, like I think I missed that detail. Well, like not that they fought or anything, but like she and again, maybe this is just like wit and, and mental acuity and not like strength yeah. power, but like. She kept her at bay with like the the offering that like never oh, went away. Oh, you know what I'm saying? Okay, yeah. I think you're talking about Marara beat Orima. I was oh, no, like, no, sorry, Rin. Where did that detail happen? Like, <laughs> I was way confused. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry, no, Rin. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think definitely there was like a cleverness to that. I think Brennan said something along those lines, but yeah. um, yeah. And it could be that you know, being the witch of the wild heart, the wild heart, the world's heart, <laughs> that the like physical presence of expertise is like not at, as comparable as the other witches, but because I mean, like if Marara is much more cutthroat or brutal, like it would make sense because grandmother Rin, like in watching over like, kind of the impression I got of like the description of the world's heart was, um, did I just freeze by the way? Yeah. Back? Oh, okay. You're, um, say something. Hello. Okay, you're back now. You were you were like your okay. text was like really fast as it was like catching up, but we're good now. Yeah, that was weird. Um, with the impression I got of like what the world's heart is, it's I kind of got this sense of like what makes people human. Like, and she even said as much like compassion, uh, putting words in her mouth, empathy, like all these different things. Yeah. And so you know, you kind of wonder if not that that would make you weaker, but like I guess you can't be as brutal or harsh as maybe if you weren't watching over those things. Hmm. I don't know if that makes sense or not. No, I mean, it, it totally makes sense what you're saying. I'm just wondering, like, like that, that is just truth, what you said. But I'm wondering, like, since it's all humanity, like, there's also deceit and betrayal. But, like, those True. obviously are things Rin doesn't, like, stand for. She's not a paragon of those well, things. But, like, does she, can she draw power from, like, the darker sides of humanity as well? I think that's what she wants to protect the world's heart from with the stranger yeah is like the stranger mm-hmm. wants to like as rin put it like rot out humanity as a whole corrupt um, those things yeah though the whole thing's it's a bit confusing that there is no physical world's heart and yet the stranger wants access to her home to where their heart is not there mm-hmm. you know so like Surely there is some kind of like physical or like literal illustration of this this thing, even though Ren said there isn't. Yeah, I think like there is and there isn't like it's not like there's like a literal like telltale heart underneath the, the floorboards, you know, <laughs> that's beating. But like, yeah, 
just like a domain, a feign of power. Like it is like yeah. a, it's not a tangible thing, but it's a thing, you know? Um, yeah. Right. So that I mean, I don't know if that's right, but that's kind of how I'm interpreting yeah. it. Um, but yeah, I <clears throat> and we don't really need to go into this, but during the whole conversation about what the world's heart was, like you said, like compassion and uh, I think specifically she said, like when two things come together and are greater than the sum of its parts, when she was listing different things, she also listed like non humans, like she even listed like inanimate objects. Right. So I guess like she speaks for humanity, but it also is kind of broader than that yeah. too. Um, which is kind of crazy. And he, Brennan even made this point about like, there are many things spoken for and humanity is just, but one, like they have one seat on the council. Um, it's kind of crazy that there's that many other things. And <clears throat> I'm also, this is kind of switching subjects, but it's still about the witches and stuff. Um, one of the big things we speculated on was what's going on with the Citadel and Suvi's parents and what happened there. We kind of have those answers now, but there's another side of this that I don't know if it's connected to that. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. But um, these conversations that a number of people have had with Ren about like, something's coming. Like, are you like, what are we doing? And specifically in this episode, Marara being like, if this isn't swaying you, what's going to sway you? And Rin's like, I'm not swaying. So like, what is Marara talking about? Is that like some other thing that's happening in the world or is it tied to these, to these wizards? You know, mm -hmm. I, mm -hmm. I don't know. Like, do you have a pulse on that? If you, do you think it's all the same thing or is there like the spirits are mobilizing to, you know, I don't know. All I know is it gets me super jacked. I'm just <laughs> like, what are you cooking up, Brennan? What are you cooking up, Brennan Lee Mulligan? Yeah, I, I, all I, all I will tell you is that I am a huge junkie for those little tiny, like, lore signals of like, you know, something's coming. And it's, you know, it's, it's not really that insightful of like a story point uh, or it's not that new, but like, I love that kind of stuff. And yeah, yeah. I, I had the same wondering, um, you know, wondering, is this something about, it feels like it goes hand in hand with conversations around the stranger of like it being this one spirit that she hasn't been able to really figure out. Um, I think it's interesting. Like Marara doesn't seem like a very likable, <laughs> like hero type. Mm -hmm. And yet they seem, you know, bound to one another, like for the good of Umora. Um, also, not, I don't want to sidetrack us so we can just table this for a second, but like I do want to talk about the coven as a whole um, and just like yeah. some interesting story points with that too, but not not getting segued. But um, yeah, I don't know. I, if, I, this feels like a grander narrative and not like a season two. Um, yeah. I mean, maybe it would be. I don't know. Yeah. And we can, we can we can go ahead and pivot. But the last thing I'll say is I went back in my notes to see exactly what she says. And she says, time does not appear to be on our side. A decision must be made. Yeah. And that's when they have like, I think you know where I stand on it. So like, yeah, I guess we don't know exactly when this memory was. Ame was like young. I think, I think, I think she 14. was nine. She was 14 right. when she goes, gets in the fight. Right. Um, okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think she, so. And what she's like, 
She's like 18 or 19 right now, I want to say. I say 30. I was way off. <laughs> I don't know. You might be right. I don't know. You're like uh, 45, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> uh, so, so, yeah, I think she was nine, which that throws all of this. I mean, who knows how spirits or not? They're not spirits, I guess. They're witches. But who knows how like right. these weird witches view time? And we know Rin was 170 something. Right. Um. So maybe we don't have much time. Could still be like in 15 years um huh which sorry i'm just piecing this kind of together myself we know that this i think this was after the summer with suvi and ursulon but not Mm -hmm. far after so maybe this would have been coinciding with whatever the citadel stuff was Mm -hmm. well and i mean grandmother ren seemed to know her life like was she was in towards the end of her life also yeah so i'm also wondering like what was it like i don't want to make the decision because i I believe it should be ame's decision like i don't want to i don't want to make a decision that she will then have to live out Mm -hmm. um so yeah very curious about the decision and then also i thought it was just interesting too like this whole like lore storyline of like how some of the members of the coven, like some of them didn't take, uh, what's the word? Uh, uh, apprentice. An apprentice. I think it was the one, one or two didn't take an apprentice. Mm-hmm. And then the one where the apprentice turned on yeah. the witch, um, which made me think like, are we going to come out, you know, come into contact with, with that person? Um, so very interesting too. There's still like this sort of like human, like good and evil element to it, I guess also, but um, yeah, yeah, I have so many questions, honestly. Yeah. And sorry, again, just like shooting Pepe Silva's yeah. into the dark, but like <laughs> Marara approaching Rin and being like, you have to make a decision. Like how have this, how has this not swayed you implying everyone no. else kind of agrees on the council. Yeah. Well, right. Rin being the human, which yeah. probably disagrees because like, they're like, we got to wipe out humanity or, or not, not necessarily exactly that, but like their decision could be like, in order to prevent this thing blowing up, like we got to do something about it. I right. could see Rin not being in agreement because she's like protecting right. humanity, um, right. which would also kind of line up with, and I don't remember if this was in the children's adventure. I think it was, um, but there is one part in the children's adventure when somebody comes to visit Rin and like Suvi has to hide because, mm-hmm. you know, she's like being kept safe there. So presumably it's like a Citadel type person or a wizard or something. And we only hear like part of the conversation, but it's like similarly, we don't have much time, like stuff's happening. So mm-hmm. it could, these pieces could kind of line up that like Ren is awkwardly in the middle of this being the the human witch in a, in like a grand strife between not necessarily like spirits versus humans, but that does seem to be kind of like a central thing that this might, that might play out in this campaign. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, waxed poetic far long enough on this. Um, you wanted That's to, good. I think it's great. You wanted to, uh, move to the, the well, something about the coven. Up, I ended up actually just saying it. I really didn't okay. have, as I said it, I realized <laughs> I didn't have anything really that insightful to say about it. I was like, yep. And that's it. <laughs> No, but so, I, I am um, curious about like yeah. the whole apprentice thing. Cause I mean, it seems like a vastly important thing to like, make sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah that is what I was going to say was like, yeah. Why wouldn't you, if you're tending over such an important part of the world, 
why wouldn't you take an apprentice? And like, maybe, I mean, we don't, we don't know, but like, at least it could feasibly be, I'm not dying anytime soon. I'll take an apprentice later. And then they just die before that ever happens. Or that could not be the case at all. And maybe it was like, I don't want to take an apprentice. Um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe they realized like their area of power, like wasn't really that cool. You know, (laughs) that might've been it. I'm the domain of mosquitoes. Like <laughs> I'm just going to put it. This is ends with me. <laughs> yeah. Taking one for the team. <laughs> and like what, so, what happens to those domains? Like, right. We know there were 13 I, at one point. Yeah. I assume they just run rampant. Right. Yeah. Like, do, the witches, yeah, do spirits, possible. Yeah. Like, yeah. Does that, does that power like seep to the spirit world? And there's like a powerful yeah. spirit that manifests or at least gets more strength or something. Maybe like um, other spirits, like consume the untended spirits or yeah. something. And they're called Badathos or something. (laughs) Let's see what you're thinking. Brennan just does like a full rip. It's like, oh. Crudeness is here. (laughs) Yeah. Pilgrim Under the Stars is his real name. Yeah. He's a wizard. Still no no elves or any other races. Yeah. I just think it's interesting because D&D is so... um, not interesting implying anything but just D is such like a melting pot of like all these different races that i'm very curious brennan's decision and if if we will still yet um encounter some of these other races yeah because i mean it is it is strange that they haven't explicitly shown up yet but it could also just be like you know they've been in vast cities it's entirely possible that all the races were there but they just never were right mentioned they were never on screen or like important enough to like be an explicit detail but it, when it he de- says like so then in that case like humanity would just be like a catch-all i would assume but yeah. yeah okay but i mean at this point i feel like it's it's more the first thing that they just aren't there because it's, it does yeah. feel weird to have not been mentioned yet but i yeah. do it's at least possible that it's you know that they are there mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. okay so mm-hmm. i'm just continuing to go through the massive amount of notes here. But is there anywhere specific you want to no, dive to I'm, next? It might even be everything on my end, I think. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I'm interested to see more of the Citadel. We, mm-hmm. I mean, most of the episode was the memories, but we did get a little bit of like the Citadel. Um, just awesome world building and super cool to me. And I just can't wait to like learn even more about it. Um, you know, like the, trying to find my part in the notes where I wrote this stuff down, but like the different courts and like the dome, like the, the Pyrian dome, I think was one thing that was mentioned. Um, and the Citadel surrounded by sand too. Yeah. Like they, the, they made it right. That was like the, yeah. they made the desert, which I was curious yeah. about that. If that was like a strategic move, it had to have been right. Yeah. Um, oh, speaking of strategic move not to segue us either but just a tiny detail the um portal door to silvery being functional again oh i missed that when was that mentioned that's when um steel towards the end came in and was just like talking about the state of things and she said yeah the portal door to silvery is operational again mm. um so we don't know why it was inoperable and, why was it down? and yeah and then now it seemingly works again like mm. you know it can't be just some random detail right but. Yeah, I didn't even pick up on that. So yeah, that is really interesting. Um also small i I'm trying to find the numbers so I don't just have to make it up, but 
Um, I can't find it right now. But um, the Citadel, the tower, the Citadel, I mean, we knew it was huge, but we got like some actual scale for it in this episode. Oh, yeah. Eight miles tall. For reference, Mount Everest is five and a half. So yeah, this is I actually like, missed that. Yeah. This is like Mount Everest and a half tall. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so I just, I want to know all about it. Like, I, I, uh, I just love that type of world building. Mm-hmm. Um, like I actually found my section of notes where I wrote down stuff I wanted to talk about, but I think we've hit most of it. Uh, the Fox s- steals every scene he's in, but just right to the heart that like he was awake for a month, basically. Mm-hmm. Although I did kind of like the little detail of uh, Ursulon being like, no, he slept when I was there. Um, <laughs> I love their little relationship, yeah. their little yeah. spirit relationship. <laughs> Um, okay. Now, um, I know this, this episode's already been long, so I don't want to spend too much time on this. Um, but on the Patreon, they did a special fireside for leveling up from one to two. And there was some really cool stuff there. Yeah. Let's talk about it. Um, so (laughs) one, they rolled for their HP. Um, and it was a pretty funny little segment. Um, for, for people that care, Abria rolled a five, so her HP is now 15. Erica rolled a three, wow. so hers is um 13. <laughs> and Lou, they were all doing like practice rolls. He's like, let me do a practice roll before like the one that counts. Um, And he was finally ready and he rolled a two. And similar to Critical Role, um, they'll re-roll ones. So like if you get a one, Brennan's like redoing. Mm-hmm. So he rolls a two and like he's just obviously defeated. Yeah. And Brennan's <laughs> like, okay, you know what? I will give you one lifelong career yeah. re-roll <laughs> and everyone's like, you got to use it right now. So they basically like peer pressure oh him into gosh. using it right then. Um, and he rolls and it's a four. So better. But then um, they're like, Oh, it, it fell out of your tray. It doesn't count. <laughs> so, oh. so they let him re-roll it again and he gets a six. So okay. Uh, okay. he has 22 <laughs> HP now. Okay. Um, so, everybody got some cool stuff which again i'll just try to not spend too much time here but ame gets to choose her coven um and we were told that at, at this juncture there were four options for her uh of the green of the claw of the wicked and of the heart she chose of the heart which i don't know if she had she probably didn't have to but that obviously thematically lines up really well with what's happening I mean, she's, in the story she's not going to choose of the wicked right. i mean <laughs> of and maybe, the wicked. Yeah. Like, wait what <laughs> For no reason, guys, you know, <laughs> and uh, because of that, she got to and they, they released all of this like homebrewed mm-hmm. subclass stuff on the Patreon, yeah. which I don't right. want to obviously like sp- spoil because they obviously, you know, locked that behind a pay gate for a reason. So I won't like go into it, but they do mention two of the things she gets for that. Um, one is called Curse of the Heartless, um, which is basically like a little thing that you can um, reduce damage Um from enemies to, you know, allies and another thing called heart's gift where you can basically enhance heals, um, which is pretty cool. Um, then, uh, Brennan did reveal as they were talking about all this, that he is not going to allow silvery barbs in this campaign. (laughs) Um, probably, you know, just too much PTSD from all his other campaigns. Um, for Suvi, she has the, Cit- wizard of the citadel subclass which is obviously again homebrew um and the cool thing about this i wanted to mention is there's this mechanic that they've created i guess um called secrets and at level two 
you get two secrets and every level thereafter, I think you get an, like another one. Um, <clears throat> and uh, she's going through trying to pick which ones she wants. And like midway through, Brennan's like, you know what? I changed my mind right now. You get three and uh, three to start with. Um, so she picks um, Ricochet, Discovery and Contingency. And uh, Ricochet basically lets you like if the dice roll, like the number on the dice is even you can choose to make that same spell attack on somebody else too. Um, Which is insane. Yeah. Um, but you have to re-roll for it. Like you can't just right. like, it doesn't automatically hit. Um, <coughs> then uh, discovery. This one's really cool. Discovery is if you've uncovered and read a secondary source of information about an individual kind of creature, a witness report, a prophecy or a bestiary entry, and you fail a saving throw against one of its spells or abilities, you can choose to re-roll it and as if it was an investigation check instead. Um, and if you've read a primary source, something written by the subject itself, and it succeeds on a saving throw against you, you can contest its save using an investigation check instead of your spell DC. Uh, you can use each of these abilities against a creature only once every 10 years. Um <clears throat> So I thought that was really cool because it plays into like kind of researching your opponents. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And the 10 years thing is kind of cool flavor wise. Cause I mean, in most cases you're not really ever fighting the same thing twice anyway. Um, well, and interesting enough, I mean, she has an encyclopedia of secondhand info right. from Ame. <clears throat> right. So I thought that was a cool mechanically and also like world building wise. Uh, and then the final one she chose is contingency. And it's when you cast a spell after choosing the targets and everything, you can choose a triggering condition. And so the spell is cast, but its effect doesn't happen until that condition happens. Um, and if it's not triggered within one minute, it dissipates and you still lose the spell slot. So it's about kind of like really strategic yeah. spell casting that Abria was like really excited to get into like the nuts and bolts yeah. of. I like that too. It's um, like holding an action, but more expansive. Yeah. Yeah. And um, the other thing that, you know, they all got like some new spells and stuff to choose, obviously. But um, a cool thing is she's thinking about and did take find familiar. She doesn't know if she's going to like prepare it yet. Um, but the cool thing being like the dynamic there between yeah. her familiar and the Fox, but also like yeah. she said that in world, like this knowledge kind of comes from seeing Naram and seeing spirits bound and subjugated. And like, she kind of didn't mean to, but now she realizes she could do that. And so like yeah. the familiar could be like a small version of that. Yeah. Um, I like that. That's pretty cool. And Brennan said that they didn't want to talk about it on air cause they want it to be a surprise, but he's like, I want to pitch some things to you about this. So I feel like that could be like a really cool dynamic. Yeah. Um, and finally Lou with paladins, they get to choose their fighting style. He chose protection, mm. which that's not homebrew, but, um, Brennan said, and he, he cited somebody else that I think has already put out like a homebrew version of the protection fighting style, but he said, we're going to make this better. Like we're going to homebrew it um, and hmm. make it better than it is. Um, and yeah, I think that's, that's the highlights. Um, but just thought that was really cool. And it, they made it seem like they're going to do that for every level up. Um, yeah. That's pretty so that'll cool. be kind of cool peek behind the curtain of like what they're thinking and learning more about these uh, homebrews. So, uh, plug for the Patreon for any of you guys that aren't a part of that. Um, I, you know, I gave you a tease there, but obviously like the whole episode was like an hour long. So they, they get into it. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah. 
All right. Well, uh, new app tomorrow, tomorrow, right? Tomorrow, yeah. I love it. I love that we got this in. Um, let us know what you guys thought of the episode, and please join the Discord. Yeah. We, uh, enjoy. We don't do watch parties for Worlds Beyond, but definitely we chat about it. Oh, we do. I'm, gl- I'm glad you said that because we, we, we don't. But I, I ran this idea by everybody like a couple weeks ago, and I haven't followed up on it yet. So I don't know what it would look like, but it is an idea we're, we're marinating mm-hmm. on. Um, obviously, it wouldn't be a watch party, but potentially considering like a group listening party to listen to new episodes so yeah um, that's cool again that hasn't happened yet but it might start happening if that's something you're interested in yeah another reason to uh join all right well you guys need to watch we're back (laughs) and tell us if it's down the pike or pipe (laughs) and uh yeah we'll catch you later all righty y'all till next time